From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. And welcome. Our number is 919-860-9783. Welcome to Real Estate Week. We are full with uh, different people in the studio that know a whole lot about different layers of real estate. We got Tanya Wicker Hunt and Julie Wicker Crisco with Wicker Squared from Coldwell Banker Howard Perry and Walston. We've got Stephen Pate uh, with Pate Home Inspections. And Doug Anderson, if you have any questions about mortgage rates, we can tackle that as well. All right. Uh, He's with Tom Bank of the Carolinas. Well, we are here on this Saturday. And uh, uh, Tanya, uh, there's some uh, somewhat uh, troubling news uh, coming out about uh, something uh, uh, Raleigh is now high ranked in. What, What is that about? Hello, Tanya? Yes. 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 What we've dropped on the, we've dropped on the um, rank second in the U.S. for biggest. Well, I think this is good. I mean, it just came out January 26th. North Carolina is ranked second in the U.S. for biggest increases in housing prices. So is, that's good for some and, and not good for others, though. Well, that's true. Like, Still, I think it's tough for first-time buyers because housing prices have gone up over the past, since 19, since 2020. Mm-hmm. So for first-time buyers, it's still a little tough for them to get in the market. But I think they're coming around. We're able to see that more are coming back to the table to start looking mm-hmm. because we don't have the craze that we had for 18 months. Mm-hmm. Any reason why Raleigh is, is any different than any other market? I'm sure you, you know, you look in the trades and you see other areas in the country that are absolutely going the opposite direction. So you know, why Raleigh? I think we have a strong market here with different industries coming in. We have technology, we have medical, we have the universities. Our climate is pretty mild, winter and summer. It doesn't get to the extremes that yeah. there are in you other know, areas of the country. It's amazing, guys. We haven't had winter, have we? I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing how we see the Northeast uh, with Buffalo getting, uh, uh, what, six feet of, of snow. And, and we're kind of insulated from that. But you're right. I mean, this has always been a popular place. Uh, it, it just seems to hold that 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 value and will continue to hold that value. Um We've got, uh, you know, Stephen Pate here. And and Stephen, uh, as far as the home prices are concerned, that kind of also uh, includes your area of expertise because you could find, like, foundation problems in a home that that could show some problems. Uh, do, Do you see that a lot? I don't know that the uh, the pricing of the home so much affects me. I think just the the change in the market affects how I can uh, address some of the issues with some of the clients. You know, we were in a market where they weren't doing any repairs. You know, and and some of my inspections may uh, not have, have covered some of the stuff that we just knew they weren't going to get. So it was basically focused on bigger ticket items. And now with the shift, I've I've seen that a lot of clients kind of want. M- more of the information, even some of the smaller stuff, because they can negotiate a little bit. Um, so that's really the only thing I've seen as far as a change. But the, you know, on my side, uh, the but the pricing itself 
of the houses and stuff doesn't really affect me so much mm-hmm. um, on my side of things. Yeah, and, and Julie, you know, for a while we were we were in the situation where <laughs> it wouldn't be a, a home uh, with with a for sale sign. It would be coming soon t- type situation. Address that issue. Has has that changed much? That has changed. Oh, what about if I talk louder? Okay. So that has changed. We rarely see coming soon statuses anymore in the MLS, which is the listing service um, that we use, that agents mm-hmm. um, go in to look at listings. Yeah, and Tanya, you, you said that all kind of changed around May time, right? May 17th, actually, our multiple listing service changed the... Um, criteria for that we were able to put coming soon in for up to 30 days and the days on market would remain zero until we turned it to active and may 17th they changed where as soon as we put a home in as coming soon the days on market started accruing so you're seeing i still see some coming soons here and there but the days on market just tick up until that agent changes the status to active so what you're seeing is most agents are putting those homes in maybe one or two days before the showing start and it goes active. Mm-hmm. And, and what would you say? I know you come out with the monthly reports about how, how many days on market it's, it typically takes. Uh, has that changed? Well, mm-hmm. it has changed a little bit. So from December 22, the average days on market were 40 versus 34 days on market in November 2022. But that's, I mean, we were going through the holidays, so things typically slow down at that time. But last year, you know, a year ago, my mic went out. You're good. (laughs) But my um, showings a year ago went down from the days on market were between zero and 30 days. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when... MLS changed that criteria for the coming soon. That really changed the status. And what they did, I mean, it needed to be done. There were so many homes that never made it to active status, which we've talked about a lot. Right. And so it didn't give the buyers time to really have a chance to look at homes. So many buyers never were able to get in the homes because it went um, sight unseen uh-huh. before right. it went to active. So, But in this market... I think even if the status was still available, it wouldn't have the impact it did because houses just aren't flying off the market. Yeah. So really coming soon just gave buyers that were willing to take that risk and buy it sight unseen, it gave them an advantage. Okay. Uh, the number is uh, 919-860-9783 and a big reason for Different things going in the market. Uh, let's bring in uh, our, our mortgage expert, uh, Doug Anderson. Uh, D- Doug, uh, uh, it's been uh, kind of an interesting uh, up and down road for you. Um, give me an idea of where we are today uh, with uh, all of this. Well, I, th- I think um, I'd like to answer that question. I think we're having a, a, a significant change. And let me give you a little brief history lesson. When COVID hit 2020, we all thought we were gonna be unemployed. And in 2020, we thought the you know sky is falling and no one's gonna buy houses. And even our bank personnel were like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? 
the the opposite occurred. Um, everybody started buying homes. The interest rates were stimulated by the government, mm-hmm. brought down, and people realized I, I need to get out of this small pace, the space. I need to get a bigger house. I need to move out of the city into the country, and and it really spurred the biggest housing boom we've ever seen. So that went on for twenty for two years, and during those two years, first time home buyers. Uh, who didn't have a large down payment, weren't able to buy sight unseen, weren't crazy enough to offer $30,000 over price. They didn't have a chance in this market. And then kind of flashing forward to last year, 2022, January 2nd, when I showed up at work, interest rates had almost doubled um, when the fiscal policies were announced. The Fed said, we need to slow this stuff down. Interest rates went from in the threes to four, five, six, and Mm even 7% was a, uh, a rate that was offered in 2022. And boy, that put the screech and halt on a lot of clients, just shell-shocked and the payment shock was was kicking in. Yeah. But that article you mentioned at the beginning of this, of this show, we talked about Raleigh, number two in the country in house value increase. Um, that occurred during the highest interest rate spike we'd seen in 50 years. So the moral of the story is, you know, buy a home in, in our market. And I went through 2007, the recession of 2008. Everybody was losing their jobs. The difference is everybody's moving here. Everybody's bringing their jobs. They're bringing their companies. They're, you look in the business journals. They talk about all the companies that are moving here. And so I, I, I t- try to motivate buyers to tell them, that, listen, this train is moving. Buying a home is like, buying, you know, jumping on a train. Mm-hmm. It's the value of the house is the train. It's always moving. Statistically, over you know, 50-year average, 5 to 7% per year, your house will go up in value. We're still moving faster than that in Raleigh because we don't have enough houses. We have everybody moving here. Right. Um, our infrastructure is great. Our politics is great. Our taxes are great. Climate is great. It's 60 degrees today in January. Mm. You know, so it's, <laughs> we, we yeah. still have a lot of people moving from higher-priced markets to the Raleigh area. And Kind of to see how we, you know my my world is rates, mm-hmm. but it's also motivating people that rates are temporary. Rates are creeping down a little bit in uh, the beginning of twenty twenty three. They've kind of slowed down a little yeah. bit. So uh, for the first time in in months, a majority of my buyers are first time home buyers. They're able to get houses. The inventory, as Tanya had mentioned, is sitting on the market longer. The sellers are motivated. We have lower price homes coming on the market um, that you know have. You know, they're, they're up in price. They're mm-hmm. not as cheap as they used to be, but yeah. they're affordable and the rates are affordable. And we have got high wages here. So if there's any marching call I have is first-time homebuyers, do not wait. Do not think houses are going to go down in value. They're not. They mm-hmm. should have gone down. Yeah. If, they, if they were going to go down, they're going to go down last year mm-hmm. when rates were 7%. And, and you saw Raleigh. Raleigh went up over 22%. Yeah. Average and, house. And if we have some first-time homebuyers, uh, there may be some areas that – they're afraid to ask, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of experts here to answer those questions. Because uh, I know the first time I bought a home, it was like, I, I have so many questions. I don't want to sound like I'm stupid. Yeah. But you want to make sure that your answers are answered. So your questions are answered. Uh, so give us a call, 919-860-9783. This is Real Estate Week on Making Your Home Great. Welcome back to Real Estate Week here on Making Your Home Great. 
We've got uh, uh, from Wicker Square to Coldwell Banker, Howard Perry and Walston, Tanya Wicker Hunt, and Julie Wicker Crisco. We also have Stephen Pate with us. And Stephen, uh, you've worked with uh, Wicker Square on, on some, some projects. Um, what is one of the biggest red flags that you see that, that uh, homeowners have no idea? No idea uh, that uh, their home is uh, needing some repair. I would say uh, as soon as you approach a job site or the, the home, looking at the grading and the you know the water runoff from the roof, gutters, that kind of thing. Because um, just looking at uh, the slope of the yard, I can already probably tell there's an issue in the crawl space with moisture, um, and that's just not something you can easily see by walking through the house or looking at the house. And, you know, so that's something I would say is probably the biggest eye opener to clients. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, everything looks good, but I haven't been in the crawl space yet. Yeah. So, um, no. <laughs> yeah, and Julie definitely. I'll does. call him sometime and check. I'll say, hey, how's you know, if I'm not there, it's like, how's it going? He'll be like. Well, so far, so good, but you know, I haven't been in that crawl space yet. Yeah, so the crawl space has a lot of hidden issues. Uh, Like what? Well, moisture is kind of the main one that can uh, affect pretty much every aspect of the crawl space, the foundation. If you have standing water around footings Uh um, and masonry piers are causing them to settle more than they should, Um, the high humidity levels will lead to organic growth. It'll cause insulation to fall down. It'll deteriorate the floor structure. Um, Just dry rot it can cause uh, WDO, you know, termites. To come in um, and other creatures and other creatures, so um, you know that uh, the uh, that's the main thing that just clients just aren't aware of. Nobody goes and looks in the crawl space when they're looking at a house. They look at the bathrooms, they look at the kitchen, you know, they look at the the exterior. Uh, very few of them, I would say, would probably stick their head in the crawl space to to take a look at that. So, so I mean, is it is it they don't have? Do you go into homes and you don't see a vapor barrier? Oh yeah, for instance. yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that. That helps as well. So um, <clears throat> it's not going to control everything. So if you still have a, a drainage issue and you have a vapor barrier down there, it's not going to do anything. I was at a house last week, very nice vapor barrier in the house or, or in the crawl space, but there was still four inches of standing water in one corner because the grading was was improper. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, you know, we have uh, Brock Amazon from uh, Making Home Great all the time. And... Uh, he talks about mold being in in most homes. Yes. To, mm-hmm. to what point do you alert the homeowner that that is a problem? Um, since it's so prevalent. Yeah, it is prevalent. It's in everything. You you have mold in your home. There's no doubt about it. There's mold everywhere. There's mold on the lumber when it comes from the lumber yard. There's just face it, people. Yes, we got mold. So nah. the, the issue comes with organic growth. Yeah, organic <laughs> growth. Yeah, we'll call it fungal growth. Um, we can't call it mold technically until it's tested. You know, so we'll just call it organic growth, fungal growth. Until so you do that? It. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. do testing. We can do swab testing. We can do air quality testing uh, by collecting air samples and then send those to the lab for analysis as well. So mm-hmm. um, if we see a mold, we'll obviously alert the client about it. It goes in the the report as, you know, organic growth. And we recommend, you know, testing or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, remediation um, if it's significant enough. Uh, you know, again, I, I would say 98% of the crawl spaces I've been in have some type of, you know, organic growth uh, just just due to it being so moist down there. Even if it's if the, the crawl space is relatively dry, you're still going to have something in there. Yeah. But when you start looking for like black mold or um, any like uh, uh, deterioration, any kind of white mold, uh, softness of floor joists and and uh, structural beams and that kind of stuff, when you probe it, mm-hmm. uh, you can usually pick up the difference. Um, and 
uh, obviously, you know, let the client know, and if they want it tested, we can test it. Yeah, and I'm from upstate New York, and upstate New York, uh, we've had some problems with radon. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem at all here? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so what do you what do you do Especially about that? Yeah, yeah, Nightdale, Wendell. Nightdale, we have a lot of high Nightdale. levels. Parts of Durham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is that, Raleigh? Why is that? Um, it's just more uranium, I guess, would be. Bedrock. Right? Yeah. Bedrock, the exactly. soils. Yep. It's just a breakdown of the, basically the rock of the soil. So it depends on, you know, it, right around the corner could be a little bit different than, than what you have. So we recommend testing to everybody. Um, as far as what you do about it is you try and mitigate it. Um, so you can't eradicate it. You can't you can't remediate it. Yeah, you can't get right. rid of it. It's just let's try and lower it. Just you know? handle it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So okay. yeah, try and get it below the 4.0 picocuries uh, that EPA recommends. Um, you know, ideally you'd like to see it below two, but the EPA that's kind of their threshold, the 4.0. Um, and they you know hire a mitt company to come in and and uh, basically. You depending on if you're on a slab or a crawl space, how they, they do it a little bit differently, but you basically put in a giant vacuum under the house or oh. under the vapor bear, and it just kind of like sucks it out and shoots it out you know, into the atmosphere. That's well, kind of how it works. Well, I learned so much <laughs> on the show. Uh, 919-860-9783. In fact, the next person that calls with a good question. I'm a little tougher than Dave. Uh, Dave Alexander is not here today. Uh, I'm Mike with you, and uh, uh, the next caller uh, will receive... Uh, High Park uh, uh, Bar and Grill gift certificate. So uh, let's go back to uh, uh, that area about um, where home prices are right now. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's great if you get a home, right? Uh, so, so Tanya, you kind of pick up from there. Sure. I mean, we still, um, people talk about, they, they wonder, what's the market? Is the market going to crash? Or are prices coming down? And... Doug mentioned how our rates rising and our our slowdown in our market a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to slow down. It was just off the rails. I yeah. mean, we couldn't continue at that pace. We still, in our area, only have a two-month housing supply. And so it's still a seller's market, even though since July, August, things have slowed down a bit. Um, buyers are able to negotiate a little more with sellers. We've seen some price adjustments. We've seen homes sitting on the market a few days on market instead of being off, flying off the shelves and within an hour or the weekend. Um, I know I just went to talk to some sellers that bought in 2020 and we are listing their home next week and they were part of that um, crazy market where you know, we kept losing out on offers and they were doing a VA loan, which made it tougher during multiple offer periods. Mm-hmm. So finally, they did a sight unseen home um, and went over list price. Unfortunately, got a beautiful home. Unfortunately, their circumstances have changed and they need to sell. And when I was over there, they're like, are things still flying off the market now? Like, do we need to plan? Because I had also sold her home before we bought that home and this like the month before and what we would tell our sellers nine times out of ten is okay we're going to get this home on the market have pictures made tuesday or wednesday get it on the market thursday plan to leave for the weekend because it's going to be a revolving door if you've got pets kennel Mm -hmm. them um just be gone for the weekend and we'll 
plan to call for highest and best on Saturday, Sunday, and we'll be under contract by Monday. Literally, that was what we told most sellers. And I said, oh, no, that's not the way it is now. I mean, go ahead and board your animals if you want. You know, that first weekend, I'm going to plan to do open houses um, Saturday and Sunday. And I said, we're going to get our surge during those initial two or three days. And then if we're not under contract, which don't expect to be, that would be nice if we are. But then it's going to be the trickle, what we see are trickle showings. Mm -hmm. So a couple, two or three today one day maybe one the next day maybe you don't have any for a couple of days so that's what we're seeing with homes on the market right now but the difference in today's market the slowdown is loans people were able to get loans for zero percent down they didn't have steady jobs we've got steady jobs now and that's what happened people went upside down on those loans that they got they bought homes that they couldn't afford Mm -hmm. um the criteria for for getting a mortgage now is much stronger than before. Yeah. yeah. A lot more paperwork. The, I mean, the credit quality of the of the people buying in the last eight years, 10 years has been uh, incredible. Um, they really tighten the screws on verifications. Right. Just knowing the ability to repay, which is a federal guideline kicked in. And, you know, really looking underneath the, the covers, does, does this client have a cushion? Do they have the reserves? Do they have the credit quality? To afford this house. And houses are, are interesting. They can go up and down in value. You still need to live somewhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're having, if your house goes down a little bit in value, if you just stay there and pay the mortgage and you still need housing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in 2007, 2008, if you just rode out the storm, your house would slowly go down in value, then it slowly go back up in value. And houses have always traditionally gone up in value, and that's going to continue and always will be. And it's just, you know, inflation. But, yeah, I mean, the credit quality, first-time buyers, repeat buyers are all getting the scrutiny necessary to get – and the loans are all pretty rigid and, and, and high quality. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to have a lot of people who – stated their income to qualify for a house you know that that doesn't exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay all right well we uh have another half hour of uh, great discussion here uh, making your home great because it's real estate week we've got uh, from uh, town mortgage of the carolinas Doug Anderson, uh, we've got Stephen Pate from Pate Home Inspections, and our realtors, uh, Tanya Wicker-Hunt, Julie Wicker-Crisco with Wicker Squared at Coldwell Banker, Howard Perry and Walston. What are we missing? We're missing you. So uh, uh, give us a call over our break here, uh, 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great. Welcome back to Making Your Home Great here. It's a Real Estate Week. We got nothing but but realtor experts here uh, from all uh, areas of that. Uh, and, you know, Tanya, uh, it, it, this, is, uh, this is an interesting period because what Stephen was alluding to, he's seeing uh, first-time home buyers uh, kind of on, on the increase. A lot more hand-holding needed when that happens? Yeah, I mean, and that's why it's really good for, especially, it's good for anyone to make sure they have a realtor to help them through this process. There are are tons of things to consider, and people aren't out buying homes every day. That's what Julie and I do every day. We deal with 
buyers in all different price point, um, resales, new construction, land. Um, and But we do have, you've got the realtors who can handhold you through that process and answer any questions you were talking earlier about, you know, sometimes buyers, they feel like they don't want to ask questions because they feel like it may be a dumb question. There are never any dumb questions. Whenever I have Mm -hmm. clients and they're like, this may be a dumb question. I'm like, there can never be a dumb question. If you have a question about something, ask. And if I don't know the answer, I will find the answer mm-hmm. out. Hey, Julie, how, how often do you see homeowners thinking they have to do the wrong thing as far as remodeling their home in order to sell it? Uh, for instance, you know, I've never liked my kitchen, so I'm going to change my kitchen. Um, do you find that those are the situations that they need some guidance as far as exactly when you go through and you do the inspection? Um, you know, what things really need to be corrected? Right. Yes, they definitely need our guidance because maybe they were going to do something that didn't need doing at all or wouldn't benefit Um Tanya was just telling me the other day that she had a seller and a prior agent, or she was talking to a seller, and a prior agent suggested they put solar panels on. Before they listed the home. It was a fairly new home, and I'm... I am relisting it. They had an agent that listed it, and he encouraged them to put the solar panels on the home prior to listing because he thought that would be helpful because where the home was located. Well, they really, you know, do you know how many years it takes before you start making that money back on those solar panels? I mean, it does help with your energy efficiency, and you do make some money, but I forget the number of years, but I want to say it's like five or 10 years before you start where you don't have to pay an electric bill. Um, And so they still have a balance on that. Yeah. And And of course, in that case, you know, that has to be paid. themselves by not calling you first. Right. Like that's why you want a good agent. But yeah, we're definitely there to give the guidance on. Yeah. What's going to bring the most value. And it's not it's not always it takes a lot of money. For instance, you say just just make it spick and span clean. That doesn't take a lot of money, right? <laughs> when we when we walk through, it's like pressure wash your home if it's got the algae from the winter. Right. Make sure there are no cobwebs. Have your windows clean. Have your gutters cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's some exterior wood rot, let's go ahead and take care of that because those are obvious things that a buyer is going to see right when they're walking up to the house. If, if they're, make sure you've got light bulbs that have been replaced. Um, your and filters. your light fixtures. You update, can do that. Yeah. Early. And that's inexpensive, but it catches people's mm-hmm. eye. Yeah. And it it can give a little wow factor to an older home. And it says you're so. taking care of the property, right? I mean, because it's the things you don't see that you worry about. Exactly. Right. And when we see dirty filters, I mean, have they been maintaining that HVAC unit? When's the last time they had... It's serviced. Yeah. I mean, those are things. If you've got leasy, leaky faucets, are they not keeping up with the house? I mean, these things that you are obvious things as you're living in it that no need to be replaced. If you haven't been in that crawl space, then let's have someone look at it to make sure there's no fungal growth in there before mm-hmm. or, or standing water like Stephen mentioned because people don't go in their crawl space. Yeah. Make sure there's a vapor barrier in there that covers the entire 
floor. Yeah. Pro- proactively yeah. having a home inspection. Yeah. I've got, I've got some people. Yeah. That's an older home that we're listing. I mean, we've got a time frame. They're not, they don't want to go on market till June, but we've already got the time frame worked out. Um, and they want to get a, a home inspection to make sure there are things they need to take care of before they're ready to list in June. So sometimes we have people that say, I don't want, um, I don't want to sell for the next six months or so still give us a call because we can come through. We can give you an idea of where we can list your home now. But of course Mm -hmm. we're going to revisit those numbers when you're closer to listing, but also we can walk through and, and give you guidance on what are good things to do. And you can be working on getting it ready to list. You talked about, People who make bad mistakes. I mean, maybe it needs to be painted. If you've still got canary yellow or red walls or whatever, and and they're just dinged up from that home being really well loved, I like to say sometimes, (laughs) um, then let's get a fresh coat of paint on the home. You know, let's get the yard. Now's the perfect time to, you know, in the next month or two to – whatever you need to do with if it's seating or whatever needs to be done in the springtime to get that yard ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to go to the top of the list as far as getting your home sold. Uh, The number 919-860-9783. It is real estate week. Give us uh, a call. If you have any questions about uh, real estate, about mortgage, about uh, getting your home inspected, we've got all the experts here for you on making your home great. Making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Making Your Home Great and our number 919-860-9783. The next caller wins a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill. We've been talking about the crawl space, Stephen, but uh, I discovered a uh, situation that I was totally unaware of going up to check the Christmas decorations uh, one one year, uh, finding um, some possible rodent uh, infestation. Uh, it, does that come up a lot? I was kind of surprised. Uh, we had bats, for instance. Didn't see any bats around, but uh, we saw the markings that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were there. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. So, uh Notorious for bats, I see a lot of those. Was making sure all your gable vents and all your your vents in general are are uh, have hardware cloth or wire mesh or something mm-hmm. over there to pr- prevent that from getting in. But uh, you know, squirrels, raccoons, any kind of opening, uh, they'll work their way in and then make their nests and and you know do it, do whatever kind of damage they can possibly do. How do you Absolutely. arm yourself when you go in an attic? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I can uh, I can usually scoot through the the trust system pretty quickly if I need to. So I've never had an issue that I needed to get away from anything. Luckily, so uh, I'm not too worried about them. If I see a snake, that's another that's another story. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's just make sure everything's sealed up tight, and and then you really shouldn't have an issue. And having bats in the gable vent aren't aren't so much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they help control mosquitoes, um, but make sure they don't get into the actual attic is. Is key for sure. Mm-hmm. Just for the uh, the, the first time home buyers, do they necessarily have to involve a home inspection? 
No, home inspections are not required. They're totally voluntary. So nobody's forcing you to do it. It's a smart thing to do. Um, you know, it's the largest investment most people are going to make. We highly recommend. You know, so yes. um, even if you don't, uh, aren't going to have repairs. I did a house last week. They're, they knew they were not getting any repairs, but I was able to give them information that they're at least know there's, you know, short term, you know, intermediate and then long term repairs that are going to be needed on the home. So at least mm-hmm. they have the information and, and it won't sneak up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're not required to be done, but I just can't imagine buying a house without having it it's, inspected. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It, yeah, it wouldn't be a wise choice. I mean, I've got a, a buyer coming. This isn't his first house and he's doing new construction. And we were talking about, okay, I need to get the date set up for the home inspection. And he's like, well, do I really need that? It's new construction. And I said, absolutely. I mean, you're not required to do it. Yeah. But just think. You're paying X amount of dollars for this house. It's pennies on the dollar for an inspection. I mean, granted, new construction, they have to go through um, different levels of inspections with the city and the county. Mm -hmm. But still, you've got a a private home inspector, third party, that's working for you that's going to look at this home from top to bottom. and. Sometimes with new construction, maybe the inspector finds a couple of things, but sometimes there are some items that the inspector finds that the builder has missed. Mm -hmm. I know I had Mm -hmm. one time the inspector, they always start the dishwasher and run the dishwasher and it wasn't um, installed properly and water started leaking out on the hardwoods. How would you like to find that as you're unpacking your dishes and moving in? Wouldn't you rather have that resolved before you close on the house? Yeah, um, I've had... Dishwasher overflow multiple times. Have uh, laundry drain lines overflow when testing those on new construction. Uh, showers not drain. Whether they put down you know sheetrock mud or, mm. or thin set or something when they're cleaning things out, sinks not draining. Toilets backing up. I've had to have entire roofs replaced on mm-hmm. new construction. Uh, <clears throat> gas leaks. Um, you name it. I found it on new construction. How far out should we engage you from a closing date, for instance? Um. So with my, with new construction, it's most different. Pe- yeah, it's a little yeah. bit different. Um, a lot of times, it, there's the builders are in su- such a quick time crunch that they don't give me a, a ton of time. So, uh-huh. um, you know, ideally, I always uh, recommend you contact me as soon as you kind of get a, an idea of when your final walkthrough mm-hmm. will be for the new construction uh, and your pre drywall as well. Um, All right, because then, he can't go until. Like the HVAC is in, and yeah, we and need work HVAC. Um, so there's you know, a certain startup, stage that's you know, appliance, even yeah, appliances in, water on, electric on. Ideally, that's when I come in a couple days before your final walkthrough. That way, you have report in hand as you're walking through with the builder, and you can address the issues on the report. Um, yeah, with them at that point. Now, with a resale, as soon as I go under construction, I mean under contract, I'm I'm, I'm contacting the inspector. To come and um, set up a time mm-hmm. that works for that works for him, that works for the buyer, that works for me. So mm-hmm. you want to get that done as soon as possible under that due diligence period when you're doing a resale. Yeah. But like Stephen said, I mean, we kind of are at the mercy of the builder's schedule. You know, there's usually an orientation about a week before closing, and they like that inspection to happen a couple of days before that inspection, so they get the report back. And they're able to get it out to the vendors. 919-860-9783 is our number if you have any questions. Uh, Stephen, uh, you know, you're talking about the home, the first time home buyers. Uh, what what do they steps should they take uh, to, to make sure uh, that they qualify for a, a good mortgage rate? 
Is that a question that comes up a lot? Absolutely. Um, the um, the best thing to do is just kind of come in early, maybe months before you even consider months. Buying. Really? Months. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather. I'd, I've had a lot of. I do a lot of verbal interviews with clients just to see if they're ready. A lot of people know their credit scores these days. They know their income and they know their debts. And you know, if it's too early to pull their credit, then we, we'll have a consult that kind of involves you know checking their credit verbally and mm-hmm. seeing what they know about it. If, if if I'm at all concerned, I'd rather pull your credit today and 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 give you the guidance that would take um, time. And a lot of times, credit is like uh, a wound. It's uh, when you do something bad, it hurts. Over time, all wounds heal, and mm-hmm. so. The main thing that I look for is a client who's willing to, to look at these issues, optimize their credit score. And even if, even if they have a lendable credit score, I want them to have a better credit score. And sometimes we'll do that as a courtesy just to help their rate, help their payment, help their affordability. There's some programs they may not qualify for based on a, a medium, mediocre credit score. Mm-hmm. And we need to get them up to qualify for better programs. Um, I've got instance after instance, how we did credit guidance to a client during the purchase process. And we saved them thousands of dollars each year, just just the rate difference alone mm. helped that client so much. Um, the other thing about first-time buyers specifically, the government uh, is, is deeply alarmed that first-time home buyers are not buying homes like they used to. And they've been rolling out a lot of programs, a lot of, 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 of assistance programs and incentives for first-time homebuyers. Uh-huh. The other thing, they, they've changed the definition of first-time homebuyer. It used to be low income, you know, low price of home. They've, jam- they've jacked up the, um, the, the first-time homebuyer eligibility up to $120,000 in income per year in Wake County. And if you stay a, a dollar below that, you've got – all kinds of programs that we can put in place, including down payment assistance, grant programs, uh, discounted interest rate, uh, hmm. substantially lower fees and rates. Hmm. Um, and right in Wake County, you can Google this, North Carolina Housing is the best housing finance agency of all 50 states. And it's right around the corner from our office right here. North Carolina Housing has a self-sustainable program for first for first time and repeat low-income borrowers that is the best in the nation. And it helps people buy homes. Um, it's not a charity. It's it's a program that gives that little extra oomph financially mm-hmm. to help clients buy a home. When you sell a home, you give that money back, and the, the program's self-sustaining and recycles that money back and forth between first-time home buyers. It's a great barrier lifter. Okay, okay. Well, we've got a few minutes left of the program, so if you have a burning question, I urge you to pick up the phone, uh, 919-860-9783. This is Real Estate Week on Making Your Home Great. Welcome back to Making Your Home Great. Yeah, if you want a burger, the $6 burger at High Park Barn Grill, I can highly recommend that, by the way. And you can win that, a $25 gift certificate, uh, by joining us today on Making Your Home Great, 919-8609-783. So let's talk about this this high, you know, the, we're, we're holding on to uh, the second best uh, uh sales for for homes in the country um sometimes uh maybe sellers just want to put their home 
a little higher price than really they have to. Do you do, do you uh, engage in a conversation with them about that and 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 t- tell them actually where we should start and what you can expect? Absolutely, we run comparables on homes that are like theirs that have sold. Well, we used to go back about six months, but now it's kind of tricky. Um, and we just give them a range. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because you don't want to overprice it because it's going to sit longer, which is, you know, going to make buyers think they can get even more of a deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, there's sometimes that we lose out at listing appointments because we don't agree to price it 50000 over where we know it should be. Mm-hmm. And another agent comes in and says, yeah, we'll list it for that. You know, and so they go with that other agent. But um, so it's always interesting to follow it and see how long it takes them to reduce it and where it actually ends up selling at. Yeah, and I guess the old adage, you know, location, 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 if it's a hot property, uh, you are going to get a lot more interest in it. Right, but price always is going to drive it. I mean, mean that over and over, what is the reason a house isn't selling? And ultimately, it's price. Yeah. Because price is going to fix anything. I mean, location, location, location. I mean, you still have to be priced according to that location. Um, in the craze, when we had the craze of things flying off the shelf, I mean, sellers were able to say, let's try this number. And most of the time, someone would accept that number and bid higher just because people were so nervous about not getting a home. But sellers really need to take into account and make sure it's being priced appropriately. So it doesn't sit on the market. And that's the majority of why we're seeing price adjustments out there is because mm-hmm. sellers, buyers are waiting for that market to crash. And we're not going to crash here. I mean, we're going to remain a very strong market. Um, maybe other areas of the country. And that's where they're seeing the um, the headlines. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to realize the most of these headlines are a national market yeah. update. And you've really got to look at your local market. We are a strong market. We will remain a strong market, even if other areas of the country dip down. So, Are you seeing the construction doing an uptick? I mean, there's only so much they can do, right? Uptick as far as existence, like building new homes? As far as building new homes. I mean, where are we? Oh, they're popping up everywhere. Builders are nervous, though. Yeah, builders are are nervous. Builders Builders are are nervous. There's high incentives. They're, they're, Very they're strong offering incentives. a whole lot of incentives. Um, they are bartering and negotiating with their pay, the, the price of the home. They're offering mm-hmm. incentives, uh, unbelievable incentives. And they, they don't want to, it's a hot potato. They don't want to sit on that house. And so it's an excellent time to buy uh, both resale and new construction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They don't want to keep those houses on the market. The last thing they want is to overprice it and it sits there. And it sits there and it sits there. And then they, they have an unsellable neighborhood or house in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Are we at the highest level of scarcity, would you say, uh, as, as far as homes availability? Well, we've only got a two-month housing supply, so we still uh, have a shortage of inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, Speaking of new construction, I also work with a developer, um, and we do some projects, land deals. And you know, when you put land under contract, it could be a two-year or three-year process before mm-hmm. Um, there's site plan approvals and you start seeing dirt being moved around. So 
landowners that are selling land, I mean, you're seeing a little bit of slowdown in that. And you've mm-hmm. seen some builders that have gone under contract, like these large corporations that have pulled out on deals recently. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're a little bit nervous. I mean, I've still got some that are, are moving forward, thank goodness. Um, but there is some, you know, a little bit of renegotiation going because they, they're looking two or three years down the road. Mm-hmm. So um, it's still, I mean, we still need more homes in our area. Yeah. Because yes. every, all the people that are moving in and all the companies that are moving in. Right. I, I, I know some markets like, Cincinnati, they were just getting an influx of of uh, investors, real estate investors, uh, just taking up the homes. Uh, are, are we seeing much of that impact in this market here? Well, we had a lot of I buyers during the craze, a lot of cash buyers coming in. We've seen those I buyers and those investors kind of move out more. I mean, you still are seeing it a little bit, but not to the extent we were seeing it in two thousand. 2021 right and beginning of 22 mm-hmm. and the and the i buyers are now not they're not competitive they're, if they're making an offer they're not making a, a full price offer exactly right yeah yeah but but they could be under underselling what you could give them if, if they went your way oh, absolutely full service listing is you're always going to get top dollar for you know Versus selling to an iBuyer. Mm-hmm. Right. An mm-hmm. iBuyer, they're an investor, so they have to make money. So, mm-hmm. you know, they may say, I can buy your home. And there's a lot of you, fees that they don't disclose exactly. up Exactly. They're well. hidden fees yeah. up. What kind of fees? There's a convenience fee. And um, what's there, and, and then also repairs. The convenience fee is 9%. And oh. then there's the yeah. repairs that they don't mm-hmm. tell you up front. Like, you don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. But they are going to, you know, charge percentage to do repairs that need to be done before they turn around and put it on the market. And if I could make a, a, a statement on that, sure. uh, the uh, I just looked at a house for pre-listing for, for somebody, a lot of issues, new roof, new siding, chimney issues, deteriorated decks, railings, uh, all that kind of stuff. And the iBuyer said it was only going to cost 35000 repairs, and I told them it's going to be closer to 100000 So they may not give you an accurate uh, price before they you get on a contract and then they hit you with fees afterwards. Okay. Right. Tanya, if they want to get in touch with you, what's a good number? So we're with Wicker Squared. My number is 919-368-3996. We're with Caldwell Banker HPW. And mine is 919-270-9608. Okay. This has been Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 at AM 680 WPTF. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. Well, that is our aim here. Uh, It always is making your home great. Ways to make sure that the roof is good. (laughs) So we have Holly Bowers here with that. And that's uh, (laughs) kind of understood, but uh, not always. Also, uh, Brock Emmons here with uh, Triangle Radiant Barrier. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Yes, Dave, uh, under the weather. Um, but uh, I'm uh, picking up the uh, the headphones and trying my to uh, keep things going here. Our number is always 919-860-9783. And uh, let's start start with Holly. You know, Holly, we have had uh, a lot of wind lately. Uh, and some people may think, well, it's fine. I didn't see any, you know shingles fly off but uh maybe not so huh 
Yeah, we've been going out doing a lot of uh, missing shingles, actually inspecting buildings because there's shingles on the ground and they're not quite sure which building it's coming from. Oh, so, you're seeing them on the ground. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty common with the windstorms especially. And it's not necessarily the age of the roof? And no, most of the time if you've got shingles that have blown off, it's probably because they were nailed wrong. Nailed wrong. That's usually why you see missing shingles. Yep, improper installation. Oh, so the best way to uh, get an inspection, right? So that's not too hard to do. No, definitely not. I mean, we, this springtime's coming up, and we've actually got some bad weather coming up next week. So this is a good time to talk about this. But you need to get us out there and do roof inspections because all of those things can be prevented if you have somebody looking at the roof beforehand. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about your world for for a bit uh, because of this Inflation Reduction Act. Are you getting uh, more interest in people saying, uh, tell me about those uh, tax credits, Brock? Yeah. We. What's funny is we did estimates and inspections for customers in October and November that waited to have the install done until January and February. Because that's when because, the news came because out. Because that's when the tax credit goes into effect. Uh-huh. So now that we're, we're rolling through the, the back part of January, yes, we, we are getting a, an enormous influx of business for customers that are wanting to take advantage of the new Inflation Reduction Act, which is up to 30% uh, towards uh, new insulation products, HVAC, air sealing, solar packages, there's a lot of different options that are wrapped up into this Reduction Act. Now, air sealing. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. So, you're sealing something that's open, basically. Is this up in the attic? It is. It is. Uh, you know, your your house is pressurized. That's why you want good seals around all your doors and windows. Okay, Your attic is ventilated. So, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your attic is drawing air from the living space into the attic like a vacuum. Okay, it does that to your utility penetrations, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, can lights, anywhere there's a, a hole or protrusion through the drywall from the living space into the attic. Mm. So what we do is we just go through the attic, pull back the insulation, find those areas, seal them up with crack and joint foam, put the insulation back into place. Believe it or not, that helps retain an enormous amount of heat in the house in the winter. Uh, and that's also one of the cheapest things we offer as a company, a very good return on investment. So how technical is that? I mean, do you go in, is, is it all visual inspection? It is, yes. We we get up into the attic. We try to track the majority of the electrical, the plumbing. Now, in most cases, that stuff's running along the floor of the attic. So you just mm-hmm. track where it goes into the insulation, uh-huh. find where it goes through the drywall, pull the insulation back, get that sealed up, and then push it all back into place. Mm-hmm. And you say it's pretty reasonable. It is reasonable. Uh, people ask about pricing all the time. It's about twenty. It's between twenty-two and twenty-five cents a square foot. So if you uh, have a, a two thousand square foot attic, it's going to be three hundred to five hundred dollars to get everything air sealed properly. And if that makes a ten percent impact on your utility bill, that's normally a pretty good return on investment. And that qualifies for the uh, the, the tax federal credits? tax credit. It does. Really, it makes a measurable impact on wow. utility usage. It does. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Holly, I find this hard to believe, but you know, I listen to you guys every week, and uh, 
Brock says, and you say that you find homes without gutters, right? Oh yeah, we find we find those all the time. <laughs> That's pretty easy to fix, is it not? Oh yeah, and we definitely gutters are. I mean, they're almost a basic necessity unless you've got a, mm. a custom home built that doesn't need a gutter system. But you don't see those type of homes built around town anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's but- more like your bungalow styles that. You'll see downtown Raleigh. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But uh, maybe inefficient gutters um, because the width of the gutter matters? Oh, yeah. So your gutter size is going to be based on the pitch of the roof. So depending on how steep the roof is, is going to depend on what size gutter system that you need. We always prefer to go with the bigger gutter system, the six inch with three by four downspouts, because mm-hmm. that's the ultimate best system that you can put on. And, and there's no... It guarantees that the water is going to flow the best. Yeah, yeah, because it's because water. And the price points is not too different, so you might as well spend the extra couple hundred dollars and get the best gutter system. Because water keeps us alive, but it also is a big enemy for us. It oh, does. Yeah. It does, and and it's funny because without looking at at your house, if I had my eyes closed and I walked straight to your crawl space and got underneath it, I can tell you whether or not you have gutters. Most of the damage that's caused by not having gutters is typically under the house because mm-hmm. you're overwatering the foundation. You're not carrying the water to a different location. And that saturation eventually works its way under the house. And then it causes all kinds of issues mm-hmm. I mean, mold, bacterial, fungal growth, along with all the critters that we love finding <laughs> yeah. in the crawl space, the lizards, the snakes, the mice, the rats, the possums. If there's not water under the house and it's a dry environment, it actually fixes all kinds of issues. That starts with the gutters and exterior drainage. And to Holly's point, the reason the gutters matter on the pitch of the roof is the speed in which the water is coming down that facing. If you have a 612, which is not a very aggressive pitch, Mm -hmm. the movement of water is a lot slower than when you have something referred to as a 1012 or a 1212. Uh That water is moving down that pitch very quickly. So the larger the gutter, the more volume of water it's going to catch and relocate. All right. You are listening to Making Your Home Great. We've got Brock Emmons here from Triangle Radiant Barrier, Holly Bowers from RoofWorks. We're missing you, though. So give us a call at 919 Eight six zero nine seven eight three. The next caller wins a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill. This is making your home great on FM ninety-eight five and AM six eighty WPTF. Welcome back to making your home great, and uh, we have Holly here. Let's let's talk about. Um, you know, this is a dark period, typically, right? Winter. Uh, it, it's just it's just darker, and it doesn't have to be that. Um, your showroom would be dark if you didn't have some of those great, you know, s- sun tunnels and sunlights. I mean, it's it's amazing the difference that can make. It definitely is, and that's and. So we always tell people it depends on what room that you're wanting to bring natural daylight. So if it's like a a small bathroom or a closet, sun tunnels are great. But if you're trying to bring a lot of light into a big room, you always want to go for a skylight if it's doable. Because skylights are they're just going to bring in the most light. Right. And I guess the thing is that there there may be independent companies that don't have a roofing company doing it, but it has to. I mean, you are going through the roof in order to do this. That's right. So we always recommend 
using a roofing company to do (laughs) skylight and sun tunnel installations because everything has to be flashed correctly. And it's very, very important to have a good roofing company that's doing that type of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, look, I've got carpenters on staff. I've got guys that work with me that are very, very talented with their hands. There's a reason that we have RoofWorks come out and put in our solar attic fans. Roofing, you want to make sure it's done button tight. You don't want any leaks because one little leak is going to cause several hundred, if not several thousand dollars worth of damage. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting a hole in something like that, you want somebody that, that specializes in that kind of work. Well, and also just is properly insured for it because you're on the roof cutting holes in the roof. So you need to make sure that that company is fully insured for roofing. Yeah, absolutely. Um Let's talk about, you know, the shingles. Um, some people may want to go the, the, the cheaper route versus a higher price one. Um, what's really the big difference in that, uh, in grades of, of shingles? It's, it's going to be the weight and the longevity of it. So there's obviously you've got your, your architectural styles and there's a few different lines of the architectural that you've got um, like we like certainty. So you have the Landmark, Landmark Pro, and Landmark Premium. Mm-hmm. The difference between those three is the Landmark Pro is a little bit heavier than just your normal Landmark, and plus you get a, a longer Sure Start LG warranty with that. So the basic Landmark you'll get like a 10-year LG resistant warranty. With the Landmark Pro, you get 15. But then if you go to the Landmark Premium. It's 300 pounds. So that, that's a true 50-year shingle. What, do you, mean, what that, do you mean 300 pounds? So it, the, the shingle itself is triple laminated and it's 300 pounds. Which are, Individual shingle is 300 pounds? Yes. So 300 pounds per square, which means that is like a true 50-year shingle, just like you're going to go with the Grand Manor. Mm-hmm. The Grand Manor is a true 50-year shingle. So that shingle is built to last and that roof, if it's put on right, is going to last you a much, much longer than just going with your basic shingle line. Yeah. It looks a lot like the roof that RoofWorks put on your house, mm-hmm. but thicker. That's thicker. Right. It's the same type of shingle design. Right. But when you walk up to a roof that has a 50-year shingle and you look up and you're like, man, that, that pops a lot more. It almost has more of an artic... What, 3D? Is yeah. Well, how have, I try to so, definition, right? That's right. Well, the, the premium and the pro have, they also have the max def color definition. So there's uh-huh. quite a bit more color with that too. Those are cool. So it pops a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think you are very neat, unique because you actually have a showroom and you can actually pick up this 300-pound <laughs> shingle if you, if you were so, so desire. That's right. And even if you do that, you'll feel the difference from the sample boards because that's going to be a lot heavier than just picking up the landmark board. But that's why we have the showroom because you need mm-hmm. to come and see all the different options. Mm-hmm. Touch it, look at it, check the colors out because there's just so many things to choose from. You know, it used to be uh, like metal roofing. You you see that like in the rural areas. Right. right? Now you're right. seeing it more oh, in yeah. some it's of the residential very, areas. Very popular. You, you do that, right? We do metal. And yeah, we love to do metal. We have a big metal workshop now that we can fabricate and customize all the panels. Our metal team is amazing. And it's metal is it's just one of those products that's going to last you long haul. And just something you you pointed out, I actually went in, we were doing a video together, and you were talking about the different facets on that, that they can rust. and, and Yeah, so that it depends on what system you put on, because there's quite a few different systems, roof systems for metal that you can install. But standing seam is hidden fasteners, which means the fasteners, they're not exposed to the weather. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to rust and cause problems. Hmm. And they so come in different colors, too. They do. Yeah. 
All right, 919-860-9783. Just looking for you to join the discussion here. Um, Let's talk about where we are right now season-wise. This has been so weird. It has been weird. I'm I'm telling my wife the other day, did we miss winter? I mean, I think they're calling for snow next week. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Well, it'll, and if we get snow, we all know it'll be on the ground and beautiful for about 10 hours and then it's gone. Yeah, That'll be the the only snowstorm we get for the year. It's like a February surprise. It's typically February. It has been weird weather. It's, It's ups and downs. We're getting some really cold days and then some warm days i drove here with the windows down today mm-hmm. it feels great outside so yeah. it's it's a little a little unseasonally strange but moisture's still been pretty consistent is that uh, causing more mold issues so luckily the humidity has been low uh the last couple mm-hmm. of months even though we've kind of had an invl- uh, influx of weather for the most part the humidity has been maintaining somewhere between 40 and 50 percent uh-huh. uh, which is good that's where we want it um, we're, we're getting more of an influx of customers that are running into the smells. Okay. So when it rains, they're getting a lot of smells in the house mm. and that's typically an indication of, of growth under the house. So we are doing a lot of crawl space work right now. And a lot of customers are, are wanting to make their house warmer. A lot of insulation work, especially with the new reduction act. Mm-hmm. Best way to not actually get rid of the mold. Cause you get different ways of doing that, but, uh, how do you prevent it? Preventing it is is easy. Actually, that's the easy part. You just have to maintain an environment where the humidity is below 60 to 65%. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. We typically try to give our customers as many options as possible. Really, our job is just to educate, kind of mm-hmm. walk you through it, explain the different options that you have, uh, and then back you up with whatever decision you like to go with. Now, you have different ways of... Um Sealing a crawl space. We do. Um, so there's one way and then there's another way that uh, you tried to do differently. Explain how crawl barrier came in existence. Crawl barrier. So for 20, 30 years now, the only two ways to encapsulate or seal your crawl space has been foam board or spray foam. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got into the industry, we work with a, a very good manufacturer that we've been partners with for many, many years. And we had them custom design uh, a third material that passes code Mm. here in North Carolina for an encapsulated crawl space. And we call the product Crawl Barrier. Now, people ask why. You know, if we already have spray foam, we already have foam board. Why does it matter if we have a third option? Price. This this material I can get for half of what it costs to get other materials for. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are we're getting a lot of feedback from our customers that are getting multiple estimates from other contractors, other companies. And shockingly, they're like, I, I don't understand how you're so low. And we explain, well, it's this product. Now, we can do foam board. We can do spray foam. We offer all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're looking for a cheap solution to fully encapsulate your crawl space, we are probably going to beat everybody else's price. It looks a little different, though. A little bit different, yeah. It's yeah. A, it is a polymer product. It's a poly on one side. It's a reflective-grade radiant barrier with a, an extruded uh, foam insert mm-hmm. in the material, and it boasts an R11.5 on masonry walls and a crawl space, so it actually exceeds code. Hmm. Hmm. You know, we were talking about gutters before. Um, people that have full gutters or inefficient gutters – they haven't cleaned out. <laughs> yeah, that's... they may have some fascia 
right. destruction. I mean, because you can have a gutter system, but if you don't maintain it, you're going to have the same kind of issues you're going to have if you didn't have one. So gutters get clogged, water backs up onto the the eaves of the roof, and what happens is it rots that fascia out, especially if you don't have drip edge. The other issue is if you have an existing gutter system, you might still have downspouts, but the downspouts, they don't have the extensions on them that are long enough to keep that water away from the foundation. So those are all things that you want a company to come out and do a good inspection on. Make sure that the outlets aren't clogged or the outlets aren't. We've seen a lot of cases where the outlets were never cut big enough. Mm -hmm. So they have the gutter system, but water can't flow because there's just a sliver there for water to come through and the outlets, they just weren't done right. That's why gutter guards are, or, well, gut, you know, gutter systems, way to prevent, you know, grit and grime from getting clogged up in the gutter is so important. You guys yeah. do that, right? You, you do uh, uh, gutter block systems, gutter, gutter guards. guards. We and do. And the gutter guards are important because gutter guards are, they can get really expensive. And mm -hmm. so you, it really depends on what type of trees you have on your property, depending on what kind of gutter system, gutter guard system that you need. There's a lot that are very expensive that we don't feel necessary because at the end of the day, it's still a gutter system or still just a gutter guard. So mm -hmm. don't don't go spending a ridiculous amount of money on these certain gutter guard systems because we don't think they're worth it. You know, uh, I said, well, there's been a lot of wind, but uh, we had, uh, for some reason, we had just so many pine needles and so much debris from the trees. Yeah. You this, especially, because you, you have This fall. Trees. Oh, yeah. Tell me about yeah. it. Uh, and it just laid on, on the roof and said, please, win, blow that away, blow that away. <laughs> but I've, I've got homeowners <laughs> next to me, and it's just filling right in the valleys. And oh, the, the yeah. Sector. And that's, that's pine straw is the worst to have built up on the roof. How dangerous is that? It just it breaks the asphalt down. And so anytime you see debris stuck in, in valleys like that, transition areas, you, you really want to keep that roof clean because it will break the roof down. And the other problem is moisture just sits there. And so it'll go through the shingles. It'll rot your plywood. It just causes so much damage. So I see myself when I drive around and I see a house that's got like pine straw Sitting on it, I really just want to pull over and go <laughs> to help them call someone and get that stuff off the roof because you just don't know how much damage that's going to cause just having a company come out and service that for you. It holds a lot of moisture. You can get up onto, uh, onto a roof that has a, a valley with a bunch of pine straw and, and needles that have yeah. kind of, and it might not have rained in, in a week or two, but if you start picking that stuff up by hand, by the time you get to the bottom of it, it is sopping wet. It's it muck. It's just so that's being soaked into it, the shingle. The shingles are not designed to have standing water on them. They're designed to let water run off of them. Mm. So if you have an area that's just constant moisture, it's to address her point, it's breaking down the asphalt and it's eventually going to cause a leak. So call you to, yes, to check that out. Please call us. And if, we're, if we go out and do an inspection, we're gonna, we got to clean the roof off anyway. So that's the service that we'll give because that's just the kind of – it's just – Simple maintenance that will really, really prevent major issues. Yeah. And you know, if you if you have like a pressure washer guy show up and says, you know, can you go and spray up there? That would be a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't typically want to power wash the roof because that's gonna, especially if you have shingles, that's gonna create a lot of problems. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of calls too because uh, some of those pine needles they put streaks on, on some of the uh, some of the shingles. 
Uh, anything you can do uh, about that? Is, is that a big problem? Or, uh, you know, With the, the algae buildup? The streaking up? you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the zinc strips are always, I mean, we really the zinc strips will, will help solve that a lot, but a lot of it has to do with how the sun is facing the roof too. Mm-hmm. Because if it's in, you know, if you don't get a lot of sun on one side of the roof, you're probably going to see that build up quite a bit more just because it can't dry out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I was, I also was under the impression there's some shingle out there that, Zinc is one of the primary components in the shingle. Yeah, there's there's a, a, a couple of manufacturers that make that, but pretty much I think they're they're putting zinc mm. in most all the and most of them now, now right? Yeah, that's so that's with technology, it's come a long ways. Interesting. All right. Well, we've got a ways to go in this program. Uh, another half hour coming your way. Uh, give us a call at nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Get a burger, a six dollar burger from High Park Bar and Grill. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. What? <laughs> Welcome back. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Skip joins us right now. Hi there, Skip. What's your question? Skip? We've got uh, Skip on hold. Well, uh, we'll just continue the program here. Uh, 919. Hey, hey Skip. Hello. There you are. There you are. Yeah. Well, welcome hey, to Making um, Home Great. What's your question? Well, I actually have three. So uh, should I just limit it to one? I don't want to monopolize the time. Well, nope. let's just start with one. And then <laughs> okay, we'll go on. If it's a good uh, one, we'll let you do number two. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, so this would be a roof question. I've got a 50-year... Um, shingle roof and it, it's wonderful and as Holly said um, the, and, and Brock they, they really do look great um, and so I'm not worried about the shingles but how often should I have the penetrations the chimney the uh, uh, plumbing stacks and all examined because uh, I don't know that those um, uh, sleeves and all are 50 years well, I guess what I'm, what I'm going to recommend is have us come out and do a good inspection and see what products you have up there and how that flashing detail was done, because that's going to be able to that's going to give us all the information that we need to give you the best advice as far as your maintenance plan goes. Yeah. I, so without knowing, you know, if you have your um, the plastic pipe boot versus a better upgraded pipe boot. If the flashing was done, do you have a um, brick chimney, siding chimney? What what kind of chimney do you have? Uh, it's a uh, it's a um, brick. Okay, chimney. so step flashing. Yeah, so we'll want to check the the step flashing and the counter flashing on that because depending on how that was installed is going to depend on you know what you're going to deal with down the road. So yeah. if it was done correctly, you shouldn't have to rely on any type of caulk or sealant to keep that water out. But if it was surface mounted and they caulked it, then that's going to be an issue. And so those are the those are the big details that really do matter. Perfect. So that's like the pipe boot and everything so, else, yeah, the, right? The penetrations will be, you know, the boots, the box vents, anything else up there. But the flashing is something that we always want to put our eyes on because there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, especially when it comes to brick, stucco, and stone. And we just want we just need to see how that detail work was done. Yeah, and I've seen those pipe jacks erode within a couple of years. Uh, really, if, if they have the rubber components to them. So, 
Uh, to answer your question directly, I, I would still recommend having somebody get up on your roof either once a year or, or once every other year just to check those components because, uh, you know, they, they caught one on my roof, RoofWorks, a few weeks ago. When they came out, they found a, a pipe jack that's going to start leaking any minute. Whoa. Okay, well, that's going to oh, save uh, me yeah. hundreds of dollars in repairs. Whoa. So I'd say once a year, once every other At year. At least, yeah, because with the storm and the wind and all those other elements, I mean, you just it's always good to have eyes on it, like Brock said, at least once a year. Skip, that was a pretty good question. I think I think I think, it qualifi- I think it qualifies <laughs> for number two for number two. So okay, what number what's, two. Your, what, what's your other question? So there are two, and I'm going to toss them to Brock. And oh, now he's now he's forcing another one in there. All right, go ahead, Skip. <laughs> I either want to talk about blown-in attic insulation or um, crawl space vents. What do you want to talk about? Oh, well, <laughs> let's start with the insulation. What can I help you with? It was uh, fiberglass blown in um, a thousand years ago. It wasn't a thousand years ago. We've been in the house. 42 years. It was probably blown in 20 plus years ago. Okay. Um, I've got a, a Duke Energy came out to do their uh, fancy dancy audit. Um, they seem to think everything's fine. We put a uh, put a tent over the uh, uh, attic, uh, pull down stairs. Good. But is, is that something that we should have someone come look at and say, yeah, that insulation was made back when they were still inventing the wheel and there's better stuff to do? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just not sure what the right answer is just leave it alone because it it seems to be fine or what should we do well i I wouldn't say that you know standard insulation deteriorates over time so when they blew it in 20 years ago it was probably 12 to 14 inches thick if you get up there right now after 20 years and it's six inches thick i would say there's a very large impact we could make in the utility usage in your home now, those estimates, we, we do not charge for those. So if you'd like one of my guys to come out and get up into the attic and take a look, we'd be more than happy. Um, Perfect. You, you can reach out to us at triangleradiantbarrier.com. Um, now, in reference to your crawl space vents, what are your concerns? Uh, no concerns. Uh, we, um, you know, the house was built with the original crawl space vents with little sliding things, yada, yada, yada. We had them replaced um, a number of years ago with uh, thermal, um, you know, thermostatic vents. Um, but again, probably 15, 20 years ago, um, I did have a company come, um, of all things, a pest control company, uh, but I guess that's part of what they do. We've heard um, this and, before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the two, there were two or three uh, that were, um, uh, according to the uh, inspector, not working properly, we had them come and replace one because it was under a deck. And um, okay. even though I'm a skinny boy, I, I didn't want to hang out with the uh, possums and snakes <laughs> and all the other stuff. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, fun down there. No, well, I, it was, yeah, they did it from inside in the crawl space rather than trying to really skinny under the deck. But having said that, is there any reason to just routinely replace them? They're not expensive, and um, and frankly, it's an easy homeowner job now that they've replaced them once and chipped out all the mortar that was holding the old original things, but is there a recommendation? It's a good question. Uh, the, the logic, you know, people want to open and close their vents. And the most common question I hear is, well, when and why? You know, when, when do I leave them open? When do I close them? What's the logic <clears throat> behind it? In the springtime and the summertime, you want them open. So you're getting airflow underneath the house. That's designed in theory to help try to lower relative humidity. 
if the vents are sealed down there, it becomes a stagnant environment. Humidity can rise pretty quickly. In the winter, you close the vents to try to keep as much cold air out of your crawl space as possible, especially if your floors are subject to getting very cold and or your plumbing is under the house. You don't want it to be subterranean or uh, uh, sub-zero temperatures underneath the right, house. Right. So that being said, um, you can continue to go ahead and, and, and replace them as needed. Uh, those are fairly simple to get in and out uh, and, and have them replaced. Most customers do not have the ones that auto shut and auto open. Uh, those are a little bit fancier, and, and obviously there's there's room for something to break. Most of the customers that we run into have the ones that you manually shut. Um, so the only advice I have is anything that that <laughs> that works mechanically is eventually going to stop working. Mm-hmm. Ones that you have to uh, actually open and close yourself, those typically last a little bit long term. So if you're wanting to try to avoid having to replace them consistently, I would probably just replace them with no moving components. Now, Skip, I actually had Triangle Radiant Barrier come in, and they recommended sealing those vents and putting a dehumidifier in there. Oh, okay. That is normally the recommendation that I have. Okay, so... Sealing the vents and putting in a dehumidifier means you no longer have to mess with having them open or closed. Okay, they're closed all the time. The dehumidifier is what is maintaining the humidity in the crawl space at the optimal rating. Now, it's more expensive to do something like that, but I can tell you without question, I have inspected hundreds, if not thousands, of crawl spaces that are ventilated. I almost always find traces of mold from either minor to severe, but a crawl space with a dehumidifier, I don't find mold. You don't find much living down there either. I don't find anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've we've had it um, not encapsulated. We've had plastic um, on the the ground surface. Good. um, That sounds great. Well, thank you. It sounds like I've got some calls to make. Yes, yes. I appreciate what what you guys do, and you gave me a great break from blowing leaves in on the nice place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Skip, the only thing we we alluded in the other uh, earlier in the program about uh, this Inflation Reduction Act, some of this insulation that uh, you may need will qualify or could qualify you for up to thirty percent in tax credits. So, just something to keep in wow. mind. Right, Brock, That's, give give out your and, number. Um, and Brock, if you came out, you guys would know about that and whether. That would qualify, correct? Yes. If your insulation is that old and we, we were to blow in insulation throughout your entire living space in the attic, uh, it would be uh, a, it would have the 30% tax credit applied to that. Wow. You would be a, a candidate. Right. Well, thank you. This uh, is extremely you give the number? helpful, and I wish I could uh, dawdle longer, but I guess I better go blow leaves. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> okay, Skip. Uh, listen, hang on. Uh, you have won a $25 gift certificate for three dandy questions, I might add. Uh, from High Park Bar and Grill, home of the six-hour burger. You will enjoy it. It's a great place. Thank you so much. Well, let for me, um, be, Before you do that, let me just say, I want to be fair. I have won that from you guys before. Oh. I, I feel like I shouldn't monopolize that. I, I'm, I'm never turn, I'm an old guy, so I don't turn down free stuff. But, <laughs> okay. Um, All right. We'll have uh, the burger on you. Maybe you Thanks. can take my stuff, but if somebody else calls in, uh, give it to them. Okay. Oh, Very so generous. Nice. All right. All right. Thank you, Skip. All right. Uh, the, the number is 919 
860-978-3680973. If you have a question, you can win his his gift certificate. All right, uh, give us a call here. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Making Your Home Great. We're with Holly Bowers from RoofWorks and Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier. You know, one of the things that I think uh, homeowners are very, very cognizant of, because when you go into like a subdivision, right, all the homes were pretty much made at the same time, right? Right. So you see somebody uh, replacing their roof. That, that may be a good idea maybe to call RoofWorks. I mean, there's a lot of roofing companies out there, but you know, you know, it's to call uh, RoofWorks because you don't know what their situation was. That's right. Uh, because because uh, what I've learned from you guys is we're not going to force a new roof replacement. We don't need it. I mean, maybe just a repair. Uh, that guy could have been different. Yeah, and I mean, with the insurance work and all sorts of other things going on in the industry right now, that's that's the problem is you just really don't know. So you, that's why to get us out there and let us do an honest assessment, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you if you really need a roof or if you just need maintenance and repairs. Um, and that's why we always say just let us come do an inspection. Let us check it first mm. and we'll let you know for sure what's really going on. And, and when uh, you do a full roof replacement, uh, is it really just, it's kind of like a when you total a car, right? There's so much damage in this part of the car, you get a total Oh, whole yeah, thing. We, we strip it down completely to the plywood because that's the only way you're going to be able to see what's on that plywood deck because if you don't take everything off, you can't replace any bad wood. And so we go, you know, take it off, put it back on, and everything back on that roof is brand new. Mm-hmm. What, what are things you see in someone's attic that they may have roofing issues? Well, so one of the, the most glaring issues that we run into when we do attic inspections that are roof related is uh, how many roofs have actually been on that house before. Okay, so if you have a four by eight section of plywood, there should only be so many nail holes in that plywood. Oh, my but when you look up at the bottom of the roof deck and it looks like somebody hit, hit, hit it with a machine gun, <laughs> okay, that, that's normally an indication that this is probably their third or fourth roof on this original plywood deck. Mm. Well, that's why it's so important to tear the roof and tear the felt off so you can expose the deck because you can put a brand new beautiful roof up there. But if that deck is over nailed, there's too many holes in it. It's probably going to end up leaking, and in most cases, void the warranty on the roof. Uh, that's that's typically one of the, and that's that's even an insurance claim. I believe uh, insurance companies have to give you a nailable surface. So if it's determined in the original inspection that that deck has been overused, that would also be included in the roof replacement from the insurance company. Hmm. Do yeah. you find that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the, what kind of decking they use because. You see, especially more in townhomes is common. They use much mm-hmm. thinner um, OSB right. yep. versus the half-inch plywood. And so that's those are things that you want to take into account, too. Because if you've got that really thin decking, 
we always recommend replacing that whole entire deck. Is that part of a repair you can do? We can do repair, but when it comes to replacement, that's really the time that you want to fix that issue. Mm -hmm. But then you have warped plywood, which you see a lot too. And those are the things you can't really see until you get everything torn off yeah. that roof. But but you can take care of the plywood. Oh, yeah. And that's that? why we want to strip it all the way down because we want to make sure that we address any problems from the bottom of that structure until we put that whole entire system on. Because you don't want to put a Band-Aid on it. If you're going to do it, you want to do it right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you you were talking about the the warranties on, uh, on roofs. Uh, you have to be careful how you interpret that. Yeah, because you always read the fine print because those warranties are not, they're going to be void if there are certain things that aren't done per whichever manufacturer it is that's warranting that product. And workmanship is a big one. There's so many stipulations depending on what kind of extended warranties you get. So you always want to make sure you understand that. Yeah. And that really needs to be explained to you. Yeah. And another thing you have to understand, too, is yeah, we were talking about, you know, any kind of moistures, maybe the a bad gutter system. And if it's a bad gutter system, it's it's could penetrate the crawl space. Is that true? Oh, very common. Very common. So... Let's say you already have gutters on your house. Let's say we've already got a gutter system on there. You're routing the water another direction. You have a, a cement foundation around the outside of the home, maybe a, a cobblestone patio, a, a wood patio. Mm -hmm. But you're still getting a lot of water underneath the house after a major rainstorm. You normally correct that problem with either an outside French drain or what they refer to as an interior sump pump and basin. Now, my company does sump pumps and basins. Mm -hmm. That's pumping the water out of the crawl space after it's gotten in there. Now, obviously, the correct way to do it is prevent the water from getting in in the first place. Right. But if you've got a $40,000 cement patio on the back of the house, doing an outside French drain becomes very, very expensive. So that is typically when you would then do an interior sump pump and basin. But we work with a lot of different companies that do that kind of work. That stuff is easy for us. Okay, still trying to give get rid of uh, Skip's burger here. So uh, give us a call at 919-860-9783. How, how gracious was that? That was very yeah. gracious, I very mean, nice. Yeah, the High Park Bar and Grill, fantastic uh, place. 919-860-9783. Uh, I was kind of proactive on getting my, my roof replaced. Um, not, not so common? You know, I feel like every person is different. So you've got ones that are always going to be proactive with everything in their life, and there's going to be other ones that are reactive. And so it's, that's hard to tell. It's just it's just really who you are. But you can get a roof inspection you and, and find out if you need a roof. Yeah. And so, so can you kind of time it, you know, to say, right now, you're fine. Maybe two years from now? Yeah. And the thing is, you have to take into account people are buying and selling homes all the time. I mean, you might not have been the original owner of that home. So you probably don't have any idea, you know, much about the systems that were installed and the lifespan of it. And obviously, you're going to get your inspections done during the purchase. But these are things, these are critical components, insulation, roofing, all of those things are they're very expensive to fix after the fact. So the more preventative and more proactive you are on the front mm -hmm. end, it's going to save you so much money on the back end. And the other thing, too, if you are planning a roof, you know, you, you can take an account of maybe improving the curb appeal. Oh, right? yeah. If, I if mean, I was amazed <laughs> how different 
my home looked after I got that done. I mean, it's like putting on a brand new pair of shoes. Well, that's the thing for me, because I'm like, if you're going to go and do that type of project, that that project, you really need to do your research because there's so many options and do your homework on it. That's a lot of money to spend to not understand that there's so many different products and colors and styles to go with. And just make sure that you know that before you sign any contracts because you're not forced into just an architectural black shingle. We were uh, kind of in an interesting period, Groundhog Day, just around the corner. Um, probably going to get a snowstorm. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, but, you know, people start thinking about it goes from 50 to 85 Yep, pretty quickly. Yes, it does. Is, is this the time to think about radium barrier? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's there's never a good time not to think about radiant barrier. The stuff works every time. So whether you're having issues with heat loss in the winter or heat gain in the summer, uh, that's a very, very good product. And this also impacts on those uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. It does. It is one of the insulation products that is included in that in, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, and that most of the customers we had in October and November, those were all Radiant Barrier customers. That really? Were waiting for the first of the year to get this stuff done. So there's we got a lot of people taking advantage of it. People may underestimate how, how that works, um, but this is something that came from NASA. Uh, Radiant Barrier, yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's one of the ways we got to the moon first. I realized we couldn't insulate the space shuttle with spray foam that's flammable. And R15 batted insulation just didn't do the job up there in space. So they came up with a reflective grade insulation. That's where Radiant Barrier was born. Mm-hmm. Stuff we have today is 40 years of evolution of the product. So it's it's very good stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, it can work in, in just pretty much the attic, right? So so how do you install it in the attic on, on the Rafters or where? Two different ways to install in an attic, rafters and floor application. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rafter application is is my favorite. Um, I think it makes the biggest impact in the summer. And and let's be real. The winters here are not that bad. Okay. The majority of my customers have issues with the summer. Yeah. So that is the primary insulation we do the most of. Uh, and, and it works every time. It's pretty easy to find us online, triangleradiantbarrier.com. We have a mm-hmm. lot of reviews, and many of them are radiant barrier related. So if you're wondering if you think that's the best installation for you, I recommend looking up a lot of the reviews and getting the feedback from our customers and what kind of impact it made in their home. Yeah, and uh, some, some videos online, too, at YouTube. We do. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We, really cool things, actually. Yeah, time-lapse video yeah, of how to, yeah. how to install an attic with music. It's all fancy. I didn't do it. My, my, <laughs> tech, my tech guy did it, but it's a good-looking video. <laughs> Give out your phone number for uh, people interested in uh the crawl space or attic, uh, triangle radiant barrier, all that. Triangleradiantbarrier.com or 919-986-8808. And Holly, we want folks to to get a roof inspection, so how do you get that done? All right, so call us at 919-852-2660 or visit us on the website at roofwerks.com. 
Okay, well, we've got another show coming up next week. Uh, so join us for two great hours uh, about uh, home remodeling, home services. We do it all here. We thank you listeners for making this uh, a, a better program. And uh, thank you to uh, Skip and all our callers today. Uh, I am Mike Slayman and Dave Alexander will be back next week. All right. This is Making Your Home Great 